0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. This is episode number 122. I am your co-host, Chris Salona, and I am joined by the other co-host, Ethan Shalloway. Ethan, what's happening, brother? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Doing good. How about you? I'm fantastic. I I really couldn't be better. We've got a really, really great episode uh, coming to the people this week.
1: Probably the episode that we have been looking forward to recording do the most in our career, in our podcast career. Not, not, you know, just throwing shade on any of the other episodes that we've recorded, but this one was uh, no, I'm special. Like, we were very I'm like excited. Tom Brady,
0: man. When they asked Tom Brady what his favorite ring was, he said the next one. Uh, no, but the, the, yeah. <laughs> this one, this one was pretty great. We've been looking forward to this episode um, for a really, really long time, and it's time to present it to everybody today, uh, which is a very noteworthy occasion uh, this week. Uh, you know this by now because you've read the header. Uh, we interviewed PDUSA USA, um, so we're gonna be really excited to share this conversation with everybody.
1: Yeah, we get into his new album that is coming out in September. His first album that came out in 2021 and uh and a little bit of of everything really we talked about some comedy and some some different life bands got a lot of life advice too a lot a lot of life advice yeah but it's everything you want from a grunge bible podcast so yeah it has all Um, we're happy to bring it to you yeah,
0: absolutely. So we're, before we do that, though, uh, we've got some uh, important information that we need to deviate and dispense with first. And Ethan, this is like this is a double shot of good news. Number one, we've got a great episode. But number two, uh, the time has come where we get to ring the bell once again. The mm-hmm. mighty Patreon supporter bell. Uh, we have a new top level supporter on Patreon. Um, so I would like to thank for the first time on the Grunge Bible podcast. I would like to thank somebody called Gochu John. Um so John if you're out there which I hope you are because you just chose to give us money uh monthly for uh as long as you choose to eternity um, eternity in perpetuity now. Um I would like to thank you and we had a message uh from John. Uh John relayed some some messages to us over on Patreon and uh John says uh glad to support you. I really appreciate what you do. I graduated high school in Seattle in 1992. So this is coming coming right from the horse's mouth here um and he loves live music this is primary source information this is not wikipedia not wikipedia not wikipedia everybody and he go. john goes on to say i am also a former college runner and coach track and cross country so your show hits all kinds of spots for me I also appreciate that you generally keep things positive, but I also appreciate you being honest in saying that the singles movie is no bueno. So John, uh, it sounds like on many fronts, you were a kindred spirit of ours. Um, any former collegiate track and field athlete is a friend of ours. And certainly anybody who thinks the singles movie doesn't quite stack up is also a friend of ours. So double friendship for John and uh, a top level position in the Patreon structure also for John. So a lot of good things happening to everybody. Um, including us. Uh, and there's a lot of other people that make good things happen for us every month. Uh, those would be the other top level supporters on Patreon. So at this time, I would like to thank Black Hole, Sean, Julie Van Siever, Brother Nature, The Blue Owl, Doug Endy, Corden Stewart, Kara Kay, Captain Hightop, Eddie Vetter got me through my second divorce. Eric R. Berry, Epona, Faith Bittner, Fresh Tendonitis, Carlene Salona, my mother, Jamie Lynn, Jade Mercado, Granny Grunge, Fuck Soup, Keith White, Chris LSMS, Laura Irene, Millie, Nikki Six, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, Sherry Matthews, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, and Rachel Corning, who I just saw. We saw a show together uh, very recently up in Boston. So. Um, yeah. everything, everything's coming together in the grunge Bible
1: world right now. The community is popping. The community's strong. Going like, you,
0: you can feel the, heart, the heartbeat of this community right now. Um, and we're, picking up, we're picking up speed.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of
0: momentum right now and uh, n- 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 evidenced by none other Rightfully than the fact so. of the episode that we've got coming for everybody now.
1: Yeah. Um, so without further ado, this is our conversation and interview with PDUSA. Please enjoy USA. We're here. Hey this hey guys, it, man. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Man, how are you? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. We always start the episode by asking how everybody's doing. So I want to formally ask Chris and Pete, how are you guys? I'm fantastic.
0: You know, it's, it's a it's a lovely day. You know, I have no complaints. I usually have a lot of complaints, but today's the rare occasion that things are actually, things are good. We're rolling.
2: Nice, man. Yeah. Me too. I'm doing, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This is like a very, a very good and and fun time in my life, and yeah, Yeah, a a lot of a lot of appreciation for living these days. It's great. Yeah, man. Busy time. Exciting time.
1: Exciting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. A lot of lot of fun stuff on the horizon, and then, um, just a lot of fun chilling in the meantime too. It's like a nice, I got a nice healthy balance uh balance of both right now, so it's great
0: you got to find that one-to-one ratio between the work and the chill exactly
2: exactly it's like one to four which is great for me because i I love to chill and i don't (laughs) love to work that much so 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 you're four
0: in the chilling category right now yeah yeah yeah. oh Oh, yeah yeah.
2: and that's that's exactly that's exactly where we need to be for that's the sweet spot um that's the sweet spot that's a creative sweet spot for me too because so much of my i think output is just based off of Um, I guess I would say like productive chilling that like, Mm. just like looks a whole lot. Like just kind of sitting, sitting around, sitting outside, going on hikes, going, going on swims, that, that sort of stuff. Um, so the more of that, that I have, the more, I feel like the more quality stuff I'm able to come up with and put out. So um,
1: we're
2: in a, we're in we're in a good, we're in a good mode right now.
1: We're definitely going to get into all that. Um, so for the people out there, this is PD USA peter martin and uh we're really excited to have you i remember the first the first video i saw i think i don't know i might have actually heard your music first and then i someone showed me the tiktok which is opposite the case for a lot of people yes. um but but your baby your baby hands skit killed me when i first saw it was like baby hands gotta be baby hands. there's a large babies and um, nice. <laughs> it was so freaking funny and um yeah, dude, you, you comedic genius, um, Chris. Do you remember oh. the first first video that you saw of him by chance?
0: Well, I I didn't I didn't know that you did TikToks actually. So Ethan's the one between the two of us that has musical taste, um, and and he's usually the uh the the trip <laughs> uh-huh. sitter, if you will. You know, he he shows me all of the shit. And yeah, one day he he showed me "Don't Tell the Boys." I was like, holy fuck! Like this is this is really fucking good. Um, and then it just like you know naturally when you find somebody you like, you look up their socials. And I was like, whoa! Like there's there's another world out here. Like the, the you know the, the the alternative universe here so uh, I don't remember yeah, the yeah. first one though but yeah this, it was the music for me first
2: right on right on that's uh yeah that that, that is the less likely scenario for how people discover this stuff but um yeah. I love hearing that that's great because it's, uh, it's just I don't know it's different it's just like kind of like a welcome departure from the normal conversation yeah. that I have around it so it's always, always special when I hear that yeah well right. I feel like and we're definitely gonna yeah, oh. I feel I feel like
0: when people like see you on the street, like they probably just like, oh shit! Like there's a guy from TikTok, and like they might just assume that you are that character or those characters that you portray, and they treat you as such. So it's got to be it's got to be kind of interesting, like the tempo of those social interactions. For sure. I mean, I
2: I would say it's sort of like geographically specific. So, mm-hmm. um, if I'm in like a town or whatever that that I feel like, because I, I live in L.A. right now. Right So mm-hmm. there's i uh, if I'm in l a or New York City, I feel like there's this like sort of vibe of like, you know, there's a ton of there's a ton of uh, famous people around everywhere. so everyone's like sort of like conditioned to it, and like everyone's like not really right come coming up coming up to you and stuff. and um yeah, there's just this vibe, but then there's also this like sort of uncomfortable vibe when you go into places in those cities of everyone's sort of like silently like scanning the room like seeing who's walking in the door um but then i'll go to a place like even going back home to chicago or like uh going up i rehearse because my drummer's from boise idaho so mm-hmm. i'll rehearse up there and being in places like that it's more of a vibe of like oh my god what the hell are you doing here and then it's like a very you know friendly street interaction it's always short and quick and it's usually just you know we dab each other up take a photo and and that's pretty much it. And it's been like consistently that for for the whole time, which is really nice. But taking the photo thing is nice. I mean, people are always just like, "You mind if I get a photo?" Like, uh, sorry if uh, you know inconvenience or whatever. But I was talking about this with someone the other day. the The photo is great because it's like sort of a acknowledgement the com- that uh, the, the conversation is <laughs> over. You know, it's very it becomes as transactional as it should be, and it's just like, "All right, we did the photo. Then yeah. see you later." It's usually very pleasant and nice and and, in cool, it doesn't, it doesn't kind of like linger on past any normal conversation with the stranger should. Um, so, so yeah, I forget what we yeah. were talking about, but,
1: um, actually I think I, I listened, listened to that, the podcast, Chris found some stuff that we were doing our research and we, and I heard that and you guys said like, yeah, the p- picture's perfect. Like once we're done, you know, it's everyone goes on their way and I love it. It's so It's just yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, let's get a picture like right away. <laughs> yeah. 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 That so doesn't go sure. to, that's yeah. So I love
2: that. I'm, I forgot that. I said that on another podcast. I love that. I'm just like putting that out. Into the ether,
0: so. <laughs> it's ever present in your life.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, this is just a random thought that I wrote down that we can get, get more and in, more into some music stuff. Cause that's primarily where we're going to talk about. I think we're going to talk about a lot of the music. I mean, I do have some questions about the comedy, of course, like, uh, Smoker's cool. Corner and Puff Sullivan, you know, we had yeah. one back in high school, but, uh, Nice. So when you, when, when you go to, when you go to bed at night, uh, do you charge your phone like overnight or do you just like, like, what are, what are your guys' tactics for charging your phone? I just like, cause I, I don't, when I go, when I go to bed, I do whatever I can not to charge it for some reason.
2: Yeah. I'm a no charge <laughs> yeah, I knew type it. of guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine is I it, consistently man. on 10%. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: uh, when I have there. so
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. It works better. That
1: 1% at the end it just works so much harder.
2: Exactly. So I'll wake up, I'll wake up just like with really dwindling battery. I'll know that I'm going to film a video with Crane later. And so I'll sort of like plug my phone in and usually like write the script for it, like hunched over in like the corner of a room, like (laughs) not even like a chair there. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And then I'll show up to Crane's house and be like, uh, cause he reads me all the lines from my phone usually before I, uh, before I shoot a video and he'll be like, all right, you got phone battery? I'll be like, no. am like, God damn it. So I have to like send the script <laughs> to his computer. And so now he usually just films the videos with the camera in one hand and him holding up his laptop. Like it's like a tray in yeah. the other hand and reading me the lines from that. Cause I never tried my phone.
1: <laughs> but, I, yeah, I need to be more like you I guys. I I'm firmly Actually, in the other camp. Yeah, I, say, I know I know Chris plugs his phone in all night. Yeah, sure. I wake
0: up in the morning, that thing's rolling at hundred percent. And Ethan, it pisses me off because when I need to contact you, I never can because your phone's always dead. <laughs> uh but it you know, is. there's something to be said. You know, you gotta live on the edge with that a little bit. So uh maybe I'll just yeah. say fuck it and throw my phone chargers out tonight.
1: Well, I just it has, you know, I hear, I,
2: Go ahead. it's become a reliable because, like I people don't get mad at me anymore for like um accidentally like flaking on plans and stuff or like being late to stuff because I've just been known. No one within my like friend circles is someone who's like n- not reliable in a phone way. So it feels like <laughs> yeah. I, it, It's become a part of my personality, which used to piss a lot of people off, but now I think people have just sort of accepted well, that's it.
1: A, that's a part of it. You kind of set the precedent that, like, uh, you know, my phone was on the charger; I wasn't by it. You know, <laughs> you're like you're always charging your phone or something like that. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm and trying my best. Can, I really am.
0: That's all yeah, you can do. Oh, yeah. I've done the same thing with like responding to text messages. Like I used to be like a very punctual, like I get a text, I'm going to, I'm going to reply to it, but I've made a strategic shift and now like, you know, you just got to ease into it. You know, now I don't respond to text messages for a couple of days. And then it's so much easier this way. I see why you guys do it, Ethan.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, You got to set the
1: precedent. Exactly. I just, I, I just back to the phone, you know, the charge, I just always got so scared hearing that. Like if you charge it overnight, you lose the top end charge. Like, you know, if it's, if it's always plugged in, it just, it'll like deteriorate the battery, whatever. So I just, you know, am trying to keep that life as long as possible. And that's by oh, so living down. That's so a very
2: practically strategic about it. Yeah, nice. exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm just a do. shithead.
0: got to do it, you know, so, um, going back to what we were talking about earlier with the strategic, uh, one to four, you know, work to chill. Um, if, if that's your ratio, like you've gotten a remarkable, uh, you know, quantity of work out of that one to four ratio. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're smack dab in the middle of that right now. Um, you know, you just released, uh, your first single from your forthcoming album that's coming out this, uh, this September on the 22nd. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So, uh, you know, obviously your first album came out in 2021. Um, what was the writing process like for this album coming out, uh, USA, uh, in September? And, and when, when did that begin? Was that kind of like right after lean into life or was it when you were on tour, you came home or like were the ideas that you had had for a little while
2: um yeah a couple of the songs were ideas that I had for a really long time but I so I came came out with lean into life and then that was during the pandemic and then played my first shows after that um, um so that album came out like September so I played my first shows we just did a small tour like I think like four cities in like November of that year mm-hmm. and then came back and hadn't started working on the album yet. Hit another tour, like a proper tour. And I think those are the shows that y'all, y'all saw. Yeah. And then when I came back from that, I really started hitting the writing like super heavy. Um, and then I sort of wrote it. I made sure I got like all the lyrics down before um i always make sure i get the lyrics down on the writing down before i record record i don't really do too much writing in the studio Mm -hmm. um and then i took it to the two producers that i was working with and then of course like reworked a whole bunch of stuff together and it was like super collaborative um but i always make sure i get like the bulk of the writing done before i go into the studio um and then we yeah we did that we worked on that for about a year and yeah just released the first single the other week and now we're ready to start rolling it out. It's going to be super fun. I'll wait. Album cycle.
1: I I the the song that you release is so good, man. I mean, seeing your first album to your second and uh obviously I love Lean into Life and other stuff. Um but this this outweigh, you you can tell it it's very professional. It's a lot more rock and it's like really and the video is awesome too. And I love home videos, so like all your old stuff I've, I've watched I think we pretty we pretty much watched it all, Chris, like 90 pounds of Pete and then the Lean into Life stuff mm-hmm. and we, and, but this one's like, it's a very, it's, it's really well done. And I was like, oh man, he's taking the steps. I was like, he, he is on, you're on the right track and I'm, I'm so pumped for it. And dude, I made this, I was making this reel today for some, I throw the javelin and have like a meet at the end of the week. And I was trying to, I put together this nice reel and I had, I'll wait to use like for it. And then Uh I went to post it and then like something happened. The audio didn't come and I was like, had to delete it. And I was like, you got stonewalled. Dude, I, oh, I lost God. it. I just, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to redo it, but it took me, you know, it took me fucking 40 minutes or something to make this one real. So.
2: <laughs> dude, that is the but, worst feeling.
1: Oh, dude, you're just like... Just and getting I'm, stabbed
2: I, in the back by Meta.
1: Yeah, but uh, dude, I, I mean, that I'll wait, I mean, it is really, really solid. I'm I'm super excited for the rest of the album. It's going to be awesome. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I loved coming out the gate with that one, and it was just super fun. I mean, I love... I love playing pop punk drums. It was like so, so fun to record that. Um, and I, I, I really like the way that it turned out.
1: Do you right. write all of the, uh, all the music then and have people play it? Or do you have the band, are they stepping in and helping write some of the, mu- uh, like the com- compositions?
2: I write all the music and I, and I track it too. So I'm playing all the instruments on that. And awesome. um, except for the two producers I was working with, they would hop in on like, synthesizer sometimes or just like try out a little guitar that's here for but the, the bulk of it i'm doing um i'm doing myself i'm not the strongest guitar player so some of those like harder guitar parts and stuff i'll tap my uh guitar my live guitar player garrison Um uh, and we've been best friends since high school and like writing together since high school so he'll come in he jumped in for a couple studio days and just like redid some sloppy guitar that i did <laughs> and then he actually like wrote some um wrote some super fun leads he wrote he wrote a lead on for the bridge of our way and then there's another team coming out where he, like kind of wrote the main like guitar hook so he's great and we've got to like you know we just like really trust each other musically so I'll bring him in but other than that I'm, I'm I'm playing everything um and it's fun I really love doing that that it's like kind of the point where we can like put it all together like a puzzle and just jump around instrument to instrument that like that's what that's the, that's what, when I start having a a really, really fun time in the studio. So yeah,
0: that must be really cool too, because then it's like, it's not like you're just responsible for the one part. So you don't have like tunnel vision on an idea. And like, if you reach, like, you know, you reach your fill on a certain day, you can kind of jump around to something else and, you know, ideas pop up and you have the ability and you have the latitude because you're doing the parts to kind of experiment a little bit and see how the pieces
2: fit. For sure. Yeah. It's like, first of all, I, I love, I just love, writing and recording drum parts so much um so that's that's really great for me to have a day where we just like lay the all, all those down and then mm-hmm. sort of just like build the foundation for the track um yeah it's just yeah it's just super fun for me um and it also you know you save a lot of money that way too yeah. <laughs> that's just, for <laughs> sure <really laughs> nice.
1: and um so was drums your first instrument that you learned when you were younger
2: for sure. Yeah. I started playing drums when I was in third grade. It was just the thing that I.
1: Easiest. Yeah. Sure.
2: Just naturally gravitated Same, towards yeah. my, uh, my neighbor had a drum set that he, he was sort of like collecting dust in the basement. So he let, um, he let me borrow it for like a couple months and I just took to it right away. And I've, I've just always really loved playing. And then uh, that's the, the, Instrument that I could actually say I'm really, I'm, I'm really good at, and then the, the rest of them I'm trying my best, um, right? And yeah,
1: yeah. So, would so, how, how did you get into like, you know, when did you know that you wanted to make Lean Into Life and in your first album? And when you're like, all right, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna really put kind of like everything I have into this, and like, I have all, all these ideas for songs that I kind of want to do, like, how did that process start in the beginning, and then when you and then when were you like, Oh, yeah, I can do this. Like, let's go.
2: Um, So, Lean Into Life was so different from the way I did this album. So this new album was kind of just like the first time I've ever been like, all right, we have to write an album. And once I'm finished, it will come out. Lean Into Life was a much less structured vibe because so much of my life changed while we were doing it. So, mm-hmm. um, I was just like stuck in a dead end job that wasn't really, had no upward mobility, wasn't really moving anywhere couldn't really get out of it was trying to get out of it really hard and just um i just couldn't do it i was just really confused and had no idea how to like navigate the normal working world at all um and i was like 28 and i hadn't built up like any semblance of a resume and oh i was just really broken it was like getting to the point where it's like i couldn't i just couldn't figure out how to make more money and i was living in la i'm and so I went into the studio. I was, I think I was, tra- I was tracking drums for my buddy's album in a studio space that was just opening up. So the guy who owned the space was sort of just out there trying to get clients, and he offered up um, just sort of like a homie, right, for like three hundred dollars a day, and he would just like engineer. And I mean, that is not that is very very cheap. So. At the time i was like i can do this i can sort of like take the risk of, it's 300 bucks but i'm definitely gonna make the most out of the time so in one day with him engineering in the studio i recorded the songs apple tv remote and california um so i got those songs done and i mean just like thank god the the studio's tropical beauty The the engineer and producer runs it's uh, my friend phil Hartunian, and him um, just sort of extending that olive branch and giving me such a cheap rate on that day is sort of the thing that like turned my life around um i know there's plenty of ways to record music yourself and you know and record for free on your own but that's just not really the way that i was capable or really interested in making music so getting access to that studio is huge um so we recorded both those songs in in a day, sort of just like ran around racing against the clock. It was so so funny. Uh, I would never do that to anyone else again. I think he was like <laughs> really really tired of setting mics up um, yeah. on different instruments, but I did that and pretty much had two full songs. They were unmixed, but they're like definitely uh, worthy of like showing people. Went back to Chicago for the holidays went up with will crane who's my manager sort of co- creative collaborator um he was driving me home from a bar showed him the two songs um i think in my driveway before he was driving me up and then he really liked him three weeks later he was like uh oh these are I, i've been thinking about these songs you should we should try and do it uh i want to make a sort of a transition to my career uh let's let's try and figure this out and 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 make it happen so uh he didn't have any experience he just wanted to oh it was just something we wanted to figure out together
1: yeah yeah let's do it let's do this together exactly
2: yeah so we we got the songs we got a good mix of the songs put out um apple tv remote on you know all the streaming platforms just through like tune core and um it started doing well i mean but i had no music out at the time so it's just like relative just like kind of with a blank slate i think i got like sixty thousand streams in the first week or something which is oh, really nice yeah um and it sort of trickled up from there and then um she was just like well what, what do we need to do next and i was like if i'm gonna you know be able to record afford to record more i probably need a label deal with some or uh, someone to finance this right. um so he's like okay so we kind of bopped around we were working on with our other friend also named will at the time yeah i think he sent a dm to terrible records and the next day um well i think i think maybe like an hour later after hearing apple tv remote um ethan from tail records was like hey this is crazy this is awesome let's meet up um met up like the next week and then you know lawyers here lawyers there a couple Couple months later, we had a we had a deal. Um, Sweet. and yeah, for the next year, this is all before COVID. For the next two years, including COVID, was coming out with uh, doing doing lean into life and co- and doing the TikTok stuff and all that stuff. So all sort of like the career really materialized um, when I a signed the record deal, got to quit my job and b you know the world shut down for however long and during that time um really but i don't know I, I i think i just like woke up one day at the end of covid being like oh my god uh, this is my this is my career Sweet. <laughs> this is like the life that um, i've
0: stepped into at this point yeah like
2: well, exactly how get here? yeah um so it was a very sort of like incrementally incrementally uh happening situation um over the course of COVID and then as soon as COVID ended people could go out again play the shows shows were sold out everything is like oh god this is this is super real um so there wasn't going back to the question there wasn't really like one moment where it was just like my life changed It was sort of like a very like cumulative um slow moving um situation which was awesome because i I wouldn't have been able to i'm I'm like kind of an anxious guy i wouldn't wouldn't been able to handle that all at once um i I guess a
1: follow a follow-up question would be like did you play in bands in high school or did you play any music before okay
2: i played drums in two bands in high school uh one of them was with my buddy garrison who plays guitar in my band and um the other one, do you guys know the band Young Jesus? Yeah, Chelsea? I saw them.
0: They uh, he opened for you in uh, in Boston, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's yeah. he's been my friend since you know I was fourteen years a little older, um, and so I played drums in that band in high school, and then we were kind of like on and off. It was kind of like a local project for a really long time, and then when I graduated college, he moved out to LA, started doing it really seriously. And then I, when I moved here, I didn't want to do like a band thing seriously. So I um, I left the band, but we stayed really good friends. And then as, as soon as I left, he, you know, he started making like really, really, really good, interesting music and yeah. kind of had a career of his own. So that was great. But I, I did play in that band for like 10 years.
1: Nice. So it was always, yeah. music has always, always been a part of the life. So that's, it wasn't like super random. It just came, Head ahead in 2020 basically that's awesome yeah
2: for sure yeah music always a part of my life but never um never taken seriously as like a career prospect right. until i was like 28 years old yeah yeah I think it's It's super
0: interesting, though, because like, I feel like uh, in a reason why I think myself and, and a lot of people who are similarly aged, like late 20s, 30s, like relate to that is like, and relate to your music is like, there's this like weird reckoning, like once you leave high school, and it's like, all right, like you have to hop into the world. And I think for a lot of us, like we realize that like, the world doesn't feel as fulfilling as me may, maybe thought it was um, and like mm-hmm. with something like a dream that you have like music it's like oh well like that's not very practical or whatever and you have to go and work these jobs you know and, and clock in and clock out of a, a real job that you can go and tell your your relatives about at the holidays and everything um, and, yeah. and 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 it's interesting to hear you talk about the genesis of those two songs like well fuck like I don't really like what I'm doing right now like I just gotta like you know be creative in this space and, and I have these ideas and I gotta give it a shot um, so it's really interesting mm-hmm interesting you know that the story like for me like it directly parallels i think a lot of the themes that i uh, i felt on those on that first record
2: right on yeah totally i mean i there are people who can like work long hours in service industry jobs and then go home and then grind it out on their creative endeavor um that's totally not me i would never able to do that I, i did have you know jobs there was never a point in my 20s uh, in LA where I didn't have a job, but it was always minimum wage. There was always a lot of hours, and I think I like I just like grew up with the mindset that I was never going to be able to make any money or I would, like be successful in a career, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I think for the first couple of years uh, living in LA, I was just like, oh, paying rent is enough. You know, like right. this is just kind of like what I'm doing, and I had no more brain capacity left to. To work on music to work on whatever to, to write skits or anything so my success in this was like directly contingent off of getting like a lump sum of money not a lot but enough to take a break and not be sort of like chained to the paycheck to paycheck vibe um and that was the thing that allowed me that allowed me to do this um because I don't wake up every day at eight o'clock and work on music and TikToks all day. I really, I have such bad attention, whatever. You know, I mean, I'm such a space cadet that if I can get, you know, three productive hours a day, then at most, uh, then, then that's enough for me to, to make a, make a creative career get out of down. this thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it was not gonna be able to happen. I was not gonna be able to like, leave the bar shift, you know, that if I, if I'm working a job, that's the, that's the only thing that I feel like my brain is capable of, like making, making happen. happen. Once
0: you, once you get back home after the end of the day, it's like, all right, like the day's done, like the success, you know, the, the goal was accomplished for today. Like back to recharge. I'm not going to, I'm not going
2: to work on anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
0: I think it's really Um, hard to like, like, I feel like with art, it's not something that you can make a conscious choice. Like I am going to be inspired today and I am going to be productive today because it's my day off and this is the only time that I have to do it. I feel like you, you're not going to have the best ideas or, and you're not going to work the best, the best way. uh, You know, if you try to try to force yourself upon that, you know,
2: creativity. Yeah, for sure. As soon as it starts feeling like how I felt in school, then then it's mm -hmm. just really bad. Yeah. It's like nothing. Nothing good is going to come from that. The only, the only things I can really do is like put myself in the positions where I know that I come up with good ideas, and that for me is like hiking, it's swimming, it's um, it's been, hiking, swimming, and just like sitting, sitting outside are are, are the main, are the main yeah. things. Um, and sometimes yeah, so- even just like roaming around the house and talking to myself. Uh, but it, <laughs> absolutely none of it is. It's not good. Like put put sitting me down at a desk and, and forcing me to do work is not going to yield any any good results from um, me creatively. So, so yeah, as it's far nice to have as the time.
1: yeah, I'm thinking like comedic inspiration, and we can talk about musical inspiration as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of what comedians do you like look up to and like kind of have the same vibe that kind of give you? Because you have obviously you have really unique and funny like ideas that obviously yeah. it sounds like it just comes to you while you're hiking, which is awesome. So what are some, what are some comedians that you really love or, you know, skit artists or, you know, late night yeah, TV was, and stuff that you watch.
2: Uh, it was more of the shows that I was obsessed with in high school. So I was like really obsessed with flight of the concords and the way that that banter between those two characters. Um, I just love the way that they talk to each other. Um, I was obsessed with, um, portlandia Oh yeah. i think that sh- that should be a surprise but just like sort of like the, the way that's edited <laughs> and the way that like yeah i don't know they would just like pop in and out of the screen and like the physical yeah. acting in that show i really really liked um yeah, and i loved always sunny i loved uh nice. arrested development um yeah Kirby stuff enthusiasm. like that curb your enthusiasm definitely yeah yeah i was thinking um, like
1: larry larry david tim robinson and like norm mcdonald are like The guys yeah for
2: sure yeah yeah uh norm mcdonald especially uh yes like i'm really inspired by the movie dirty work you you guys see dirty work yeah um i just love that that movie is so i watched that the other day and that movie is so like inspiring to me because it's literally just like Wow, y'all just did this. Like I, I, it seems <laughs> yeah. like Norm McDonald just like wrote that like line by line and yeah and didn't even didn't you didn't, didn't even like proofread it, like it in, just like turned it in. It's and like they fuck said it, here it, it is. <laughs> exactly what was on the page. And they were just like, Well, hope this is good. And you get you could it's just so funny. It's so janky and put together in the most beautiful way. Um so I I love that movie. And that's kind of like how I write the the TikToks too. I guess I'm like trying to make my own version of Dirty Work with every every um, yeah. sketch video I write. It's like
1: I saw an interview with uh, it was Jason Alexander, or he was talking, you know, George Costanza, and he said he, when he first like got a script, he like read it. He's like, I was reading through the script, and I was like, this is a situation like that would never happen. And then th- I see how I'm supposed to react, and I was like, this is a reaction that would ne- no normal person would do. <laughs> He said he went yeah. to Larry Dave, and he was like, "This is so unrealistic. Like, this would never happen." He's like, "That happened to me." <laughs> he's, yeah. like, that's he's like, "That's like that." He's yeah. like, "I react." He's like, "I reacted like that." And then yeah. you know, Jason was like, "And that's when it clicked. Like, all of this stuff is like scenarios that that he lived through, and that's why it's like he is George. Like, this is, and it, it's so funny, but there's people like that that are just, yeah." Larry David's awesome. He's, he's so funny. He's great. I think
2: an important part of just like growing up and uh, just sort of like observing human nature around you is that like real life is always so much weirder than any movie that you've ever seen. It's just like if you are really paying attention, even if you're just like getting a coffee at the local coffee shop or going to a bar, walking around the neighborhood, you will see mind-blowingly weird stuff yes. um so much so and, and have like such perplexing sort of just like <laughs> brain scrambling interactions with, with with random people that i think that like a lot of us don't even really like process in the time that that they're happening um and i think that it's literally sort of like a daily occurrence and it, um and so uh and in that that's my uh my main inspiration for writing the the sketches is just like sort of it's like I feel like it's always based on like an experience that we've had but it's just like through every line like how can we make this weirder how can we make this more yeah like the stakes get raised
0: with every single introduction and every single passing scene you know um exactly that's a a really good point that's like if you just like look around and like people are just acting in ways that are like totally unjustified or just like just
2: downright bizarre yes mm-hmm. yeah and my, myself included i mean the way that i interacted yeah, with with people at the, the cash register sometimes it's like what did i uh, yeah i'm, I'm all so i'm yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're in the middle of it
0: and you're like i cannot believe that i actually just chose to say that and then when you leave you're like why did i what 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 did i just do
2: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and you're hoping and it's no constant. one's observing you yeah it's constant but uh um, yeah it
1: takes me back to like the like Puff sullivan and like we had a, a we called it cancer corner on like Mm -hmm, naturally right right outside it right outside of school like boundaries like you couldn't smoke within 100 feet and there they were 101 feet pack of seniors and people that have graduated and they met up after to smoke cigarettes and and like the 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 school aides like they were helping people get on the bus like they couldn't say anything because you know they were they were free to do what they want and yeah yeah. and like you'd see people like you know you join in and you drive by on the bus and be like look there's you know Sean Cabrera, you know, it's like there they are. It's, <laughs> Sean Cabrera, Sean, Sean Cabrera. That he's he's Drew. Drew knows him. He actually was a, he was a real a real person. And uh, and another real funny situation that uh, Drew will remember. and He's gonna love this. That he said, yeah, one time he's like, I was on the bus and Sean wasn't in school, and we like went and dropped off uh, like AJ Stout or somebody you know from the bus, and he's like, hey, Sean's there. Didn't he skip school? And you're standing there, it's like standing there outside the bus waiting for drop off, and I was like, "Yo, Sean, what's up?" He's like, and then AJ came down and he just like punched him, and they just got no like he was waiting there till he got off the bus to like fight him. It's so like his hey, whole look, day preparing for this yeah. joust. It's like, "What's up, yeah. Sean?" He's like, "What's up, guys?" Boom, and he's like, "Went in, right in for the kill." Oh man, I
2: love that. No, no, dude. no setup or anything. It's like, yeah. yeah, one goal. Yeah, that was that, dude, is... that was how
1: that's how school fights were too. Like, oh, I yeah. remember. We, we had these, we had these days, it was like June 4th through 5, you know, 7th and we, they were called fun days and they would like mm. set up a carnival and that's where people settled all their indifferences it was the end, end of the school year. And there were fights planned out all the time in like the Boyertown park. And I was like, fun days are coming up. Like Eric's going to fight like Jason. It was <laughs> well, like... well, yeah.
0: What's the card for this, <laughs> this fun day? Yeah. <laughs> it was
1: so it was so funny, man. School fights were like, dude, they were, they're legendary, right? I mean, they're just. Oh yeah
2: absolutely wild i think yeah, yeah i think no rules no yeah no rules at all just the, the
1: no real expi- repercussions
2: i just loved like how fast they would get into it too where it's just like this plant <laughs> thing you show up it's like all right are we going all right let's go like you know it's not like a huge build up yeah uh it's just like your friend just like gets off the bus just, just smacks him in the face but yeah um yeah so funny it's so yeah. funny so so stupid
1: yeah, so so <laughs> stupid. But the stuff I love like think thinking back on, like, oh it's perfect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Unreal.
1: So- sounds like a skit. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure yeah Uh, so i'll work that you'll see that somewhere (laughs) right yeah exactly
0: (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's interesting to kind of hear like your background with um you know all of your comedic influences and everything um so i wanted to ask you about like what type of music you were listening to growing up and and it it seems like it's kind of diverse so back when lean into life was coming out i think as a part of like the release, uh, or one of, you know, the press materials for it, there was a quote in there that always stuck out to me and apologies to whoever wrote it. Uh, I've just pawned it off and I use it all the time when I try to tell people about music, but it said, mm-hmm. if you're getting hung up on what to call it, you've already missed the point. Um, and mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And, and I think that's like a perfect description of your music because it just seems like there's so much behind it. Um, so mm-hmm. like gro- growing up, obviously you start playing drums when you're like third grade. So music was always like a, a, a common theme for you. So like, what, what were you listening to, uh, growing up? Up and like, you know, did you have parents that were musically inclined to kind of like pass stuff on to you? Or was it just kind of like, you know, what you and your friends were listening to on the bus?
2: Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I had a pretty like normal Midwest, like high school music listening trajectory. Yeah. Uh, my parents weren't like particularly musical in what they listened to. I mean, my dad was obsessed with R.E.M. So he took me to see R.E.M. With their, for, their, for my first concert when I was like 12 So, and that was right about the time where i like started getting into like pearl jam and like all that stuff and none of that is like ever left me Mm -hmm. um and then i got the first band that i ever got really obsessed with and basically the only band that i've gotten obsessed with in a sort of like uh i'm gonna become like an encyclopedia of this band type of way um because i've never really done that or um or, or cared to but i got obsessed with death cab for cutie when i was in mm. um seventh so, grade so good so good. yeah that that was the first because before music was just like something that i listened to just like everyone else listens to it and all of a sudden death cab just became like um this religion for me in a way where and it's so funny because it seems like when i'm looking back on it i was like oh i was like a, that was like you know eight years of my life but back then it was really only two years but in those two years like if i felt like i just like learned and more information about that band and saw that band live so many yes. times that it just like it became like very culty for for me and like um and a lot of my friends too so that was sort of like Every, back in like 2004, everyone was so afraid of being emo. It was like just like the worst thing that yeah. you could be as a dude. Uh, so, Death Cab, but I, I secretly liked it. Like I secretly like liked Fall Out Boy and New Found Glory and like all these bands. Death Cab was the first band where I, I felt like it was like a, a a um what do you call that? A gateway band
1: yeah.
2: into like yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't emo music it's still like kind of like sounded like modest Mouse and like Seattle stuff. You could get away with listening to it. You could convince Mm -hmm. jam band
1: people don't. Yeah. 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 The name was like, Oh, death cap. Is that metal? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You could like show a Pearl jam fan or like a jam band. dude. like a lot of people were listening to like string cheese and like all those bands. Right. um, You could, you could show them a a death cap song or like an interesting instrumental part on like the photo album and they would totally get it and not and not be yeah. funny for it um so yeah and it kind of seemed like when plans came out we were, we were all 12 so or 13 and everyone all at once in the school just kind of become obsessed with this band and then once that vibe happened it was sort of like i guess it was just like a free-for-all and it was just like i finally started listening to the, like Fall Out boy openly and like Motion City soundtrack and newfound Found Glory and like all those bands that's really how I learned and got good at drums is by um playing along to those records um mm-hmm. more of the pop punk stuff um um so yeah big 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 pop punk um, deathcap cab and- came
1: they they came through here uh this past fall and I was able to see them for the first time cuz I was the same thing in high school like Love them and and he is Ben Ben Gibbard is so so good live. I mean and and his lyrics are yeah I don't know if they're underrated or not, but they're just an incredible incredible group of people playing music together. I was really yes I was I was like damn I wish I saw these guys way more like I didn't I didn't know back then now I've seen them and I'm like wow missing it was so
2: it was so funny when I was like really into them it was before I was like sort of cognizant of like what an album cycle was or yeah, that no. like bands toured in support of a record. So mm-hmm. I knew that plans had come out recently, but I hadn't, I, w- I didn't like make the connection that like, Oh, they're touring the album. Um, I just thought that like, Oh, they're in a famous band. So they're touring all the time. They never right, go home. Yeah. They're going to be here soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think like in the, in those two years, I saw them like 10 times. Cause every That's single awesome. time they went through Chicago or Milwaukee and they would play Summerfest, then they played lalpalooza then they did a co-headlining thing they found ferdinand um and then yeah so just like they were just like i'm passing through the Midwest. i think they were just like touring all the time um and i saw them every time and i i i didn't realize that it was it was like in support of an album i just thought that like bands just did this and i thought i was gonna be able to you know see them like this forever and it, yeah. And maybe that's a testament to just like how dynamic their set list was. They were playing stuff from, from all their records all the time. Yes. Um, and the live show was just so good. And yeah, Ben as a lyricist is the first person that I was just like discovered like, Oh, he had like a lyrical like identity. Like this is how this guy writes lyrics. He was the first person that. It's like, a poetic.
1: Like,
2: yeah. Yeah, for sure. But um, that like- was huge for me. And I've never, gotten into a band i've liked bands as much but i've never really like you know the shows like that i've never gone to the shows like that and i've never cared to learn everything about them i think that was like a very it was like a flash in my life where i was just like had that phase and like yeah like i said there are bands that i appreciate the music just as much or not more like even now um but I just like sort of like grew out of um, the yeah. idea of of knowing uh, everything about them, um, and I don't know why. Yeah. That was not, not anything that happened on purpose. Maybe I just like gave it all I had for <laughs> for Death <Cab> and <laughs> yeah. and you know, it was just listening from from there on out. But
1: yeah, there. Yeah, I. Well, you know what's crazy is uh, I think you're going to be that for a lot of people too that people are going to want to so. get into yeah i mean and that's you you definitely have like we love modest mouse and isaac brock uh the mm-hmm. front bottoms brian Sella, and yeah ben gibbard and death cab is perfect but your lyrics are the same way Like you have a, you have a way that you write that it's it's very poetic but it's also like it's very to the point point. and the way that we and chris like to talk about it is you know you talk about the in-betweens really well and you can kind of like you can give a dialogue on something that maybe is a, a small moment, but is really important in the grand scheme of things. Cause if you're just looking at big moments, then, you know, you're going to be disappointed because life is all about the small moments. Cause that's mm-hmm. what makes up 80% of our time. So yeah, you're right on pace with like, I mean, your, your, your lyrics and the stuff that you write is, is awesome. So it makes sense that these influences, you know, that's what we wanted to ask you because we are like, it has to be, you know, I mean like we, we know that he likes this type of music.
2: Yeah. Yeah. thank you, bro. That's really nice. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I think lyrically it's nice to not really have too many influences and just sort of have like a sort of a Mm. best practice that, that works for you. Um, it's so, it's so, it's such a complicated process. It would be hard to nail it down to, to a specific, specific thing. Like, I, I don't think I would write, music or lyrics if I if it wasn't just like a if it didn't feel very organic to my life um and I know that that's definitely not true I've had a whole lifetime of listening to lyrics where I've probably just subconsciously been processing how they're done and what I like about them but right um, that's at least how it feels on the surface which is good for me um, musically it's I think much more obvious um but I do have like 12 different instrumental influences um, 12 different instrumental influences that like I all sort of, I try my best to like combine and or I, I guess I don't try. I guess it just like that's what it ends up <laughs> being when I write a song, but I'm just like shoving as much of my musical listening uh, history into into each song in, in the right. best way I can. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, relating this back to grunge then, since we're on the Grunge Bible Podcast. Yeah, we got yeah, it, um, yeah, that in there. <laughs> we got to do it for the people that are listening. They're probably like, yeah, you know, all this death cab talk, talk about grunge. Yeah, like, yeah. What do you, you know, who's, who's your favorite front man? So uh, let's, you know, let's just ask like superlatives like about the Seattle scene. Um Mm. you know, which of the big four, or do you have maybe like, and I guess you could say smashing pumpkins. I'm sure people would be upset at some, at some point, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, wh- when you talk about grunge music, what, what kind of drew you to that? Or, you know, what bands are we talking? You said Pearl Jam already, an, so.
2: Yeah. Pearl Jam from an early age. And that was, again, like I can't really nerd out on these bands in a way that I'm sure your audience would, would want me to. Um, but it's okay. That was just, um, but like the, the live on two legs record. Oh yeah. Is what got me into Pearl Jam. And that's the Mm -hmm. one that I still have on CD in my car. Um, I actually, I just drove up like to Tahoe, like through Mammoth the other day by myself, like playing that CD, just like driving through the mountains. It's like the ultimate fucking like free American feeling. I just like, you just feel like such a badass listening to that stuff. And the versions of those songs, I think are even so much better than the records. Uh, that version of Corduroy is like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they got the Neil Young
0: cover on there. They got fucking up
2: on there. Like, and it's just, it's so good. So good. That was that album. That live album was like instrumental and, just my, uh, exposure to grunge music and just like my, my fandom of, of Pearl Jam. Like that that's that's sort of it to me. And I think it's just like a perfect set list. It's performed perfectly and um yeah, it's just so cool. Um I am a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan, just like the Chicago thing. Right, um yeah. I played uh my Chicago show at at Metro. Um so that felt really, really, really cool. Um uh, but yeah, I love Billy Corrigan, love I just love the way those records sound, how they're recorded. Um mm-hmm. love his lyrics. Um I don't know who else you're referring to by like the big the big five.
1: Well, we got Alice and Chains, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, and Nirvana, and then some mm. people add in yeah, Stone Temple Pilots and Smashing Pumpkins. Or like that's usually where people talk. And then there's some history that we can get into, like the prior, the stuff that led into the like I said, but the, the big four is Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and Alice and Chains. So yeah, and so um,
2: all, 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 all the way there with Nirvana, obviously being a drummer like Dave Grohl's. It's yo, top three favorite Incredible. drummers
0: ever. Hundred percent. I yeah. love
2: the way he plays. I think he might be like the most tasteful rock drummer of all time. Um I love Hot how take. he like he never I don't know, I just feel like he never plays like what fills. Do you think he should
1: play. Yeah.
2: That are quicker than like sixteenth notes. You know? Like it's always a very yeah. like comfortable and bombastic and tasteful bill that he's doing um, just
1: loud just really yes, loud just very <laughs> yeah. very loud yeah. just but real the timing loud. of it
2: he doesn't he just like doesn't subdivide things too much it's just like always very in the pocket and i've oh, always yeah. like respected that about his playing it's just like do not you do not have to like go you know full on drum line uh every single time there's an opportunity for, yeah. for just a because you can um, doesn't mean you have to exactly so while he's not exercising any restraint in the volume department he certainly is based on what i know his technical skill has to be um exercising some good restraint for for um for the benefit of the song by just not going yes. fucking nuts on the 30 second note fills and just making making a super tra- tasteful transition to the next part so he's one of my faves um but Yeah, don't know anything about Alice in Chains and don't know anything (laughs) about um, Soundgarden. Straight up. Nice, there we go. Got some some, some room to grow. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. That's the best part about getting older. Yeah. For sure. The best part about getting older is really there's like so much music out there that I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I love new music, but if a single song were never released for the rest of my life, like there's... There's enough out there, yeah. yeah. There's enough out there that (laughs) I have not. yes. Yeah. Uh, listen to, and I'm so excited to have have those go on those journeys.
0: Yeah, I think it's also cool. Like as you get older too. Like when my my musical journey, it was like very regimented in like the standard-issue rock band. And I was like, well, if it doesn't have you know a, a drummer, a bassist, a, a lead guitarist, and and a singer, like I'm not interested in it. And then it's like you know yeah. what, like like the, the 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 classification I think of music for me at least has just become like less and less important as to like what people call it or like what it's supposed to be or like what scene it's a part of. And it's like you can like open your mind to that. Like you said, there's so much stuff out there. You know recently and, and back through the years, there's so many great minds have been able to do so many great things. Uh and it's like just because it doesn't sound like something that you know you like already, you know, if you give something a shot, um, you know, you're gonna be able to discover some different areas and it's gonna influence you.
2: It's really nice. Yeah. So I don't have an aux plug-in in my car. So I have to listen to CDs in it. Yeah. And there, I'm it's really nice. There's a CD store kind of down the street. Mm-hmm. Um Everything's just like so cheap, and they got a great selection. So I'll go like every week and pick up a few new CDs. But listening to music in that in that way, especially is like, well, this isn't even on my phone. This isn't even on like the same device that Instagram is on, or like anything. So it's, it's it sort of just like allows you to like really. It's like this is the CD in my car. I'm gonna listen the fuck out of it, you know, and yeah. like discover all these like deep cuts, these like moments in the deep cuts that I absolutely would not notice otherwise if I had the ability to just skip over it um and and really yeah. choose what I want to listen to out of the entire library of recorded music. Um so that's been like really good for me. That's really nice. The the album that I just recorded is actually like kind of like influenced by the six C D because if it's like a six C D change you're like sonically influenced by like all the CDs that were in there. Because that's, that's awesome. just like what I was listening to. Um that's cool. And yeah, yeah yeah it was just like a really great way to to, to i don't know it's just like a great way to listen you just like realize there's so much so much good stuff and when you don't feel like you can choose it you just kind of yeah we're forced to find the good stuff about it which is yeah. a lot of good stuff about about mm-hmm. most things
0: Like removes the instant like dopamine feedback loop of like oh well like in the first three seconds if this isn't what I want like it's on to the next thing it's like you have to physically put it in and you know if you're driving it's it's a pain in the ass to take it out so it's like (laughs) let me let me see what they have a little bit and then yeah just just wait for the next one
1: work through some emotions to get uh, excited about it sometimes (laughs) for sure but there's (laughs) also this knowledge of like
2: there's also this knowledge of like oh I have never heard this band before but like. I've heard so much about them. Like they have so many fans. This band is so massive, and I, I, I there's got to be something about this that I can I can gravitate towards because I'm usually I don't like that like a lot with like TV shows and movies. Uh, so why I never heard their band. Uh, I never listened to the Pretenders before, mm-hmm. um, and I just found a Pretender CD, put it in, and just like learned to really love it over the next. Two weeks, I guess, of like listening to it constantly, totally getting why this band had so uh, just like massive success. And um, I don't know. I think I've been able to do that with like a lot of bands by just like buying. It was like, oh, this band's huge. Why have I never listened to this? Um,
1: One thing, we lost you there. But one thing, uh, talking about the Spotify, and I find this when I get a new band and someone tells me, I actually get really annoyed when i click on a spotify and it shows like their top songs right and then mm-hmm. that's like that's the first thing you listen to right but then when you if, mm-hmm. you, if you were if your buddy were to just give you a cd and be like yeah listen to this band you would just listen to the band and then you'd make your own inferences of what your f- favorite songs are and stuff and exactly you'd know, be like what I, songs
2: I, did you like it's like yeah. oh i like track yeah. eight you
1: know yeah yeah it's just a little bit easier to like to not have any expectations and not be you know guided through it you just get to explore and I think that is yes. way cooler. And but it's hard to do. Definitely hard to do nowadays. That's why, yeah, like, 100%. you know. So you're obviously releasing singles for the whole song, I and mean, I just want the whole album to come out so I can just, you know, go the whole, you know, I mean, go it all Front at once. Front to back, but, yeah, yeah.
2: Did you guys, you guys don't have it. No one sent it to you. We don't have it. I, that,
1: I, I'd I mean, love that, to have it. Yeah, <laughs> so I fun- think that's up to you, bud. <laughs>
2: I'll probably send it to you. I don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah,
1: we won't. It's see, good. I'm excited. I think I think I'll,
2: Y'all will really like it. I mean, it was definitely done in a more, I guess it's like careful way with the benefit of just like time and money behind it. And I feel like, I don't know. It's awesome. I'm super stoked on it. I think really, really. it's going to be really
0: cool to just kind of see like the next stop on the progression, you know, of, of, of being, you know, being a musician that's releasing music, you know, that second album, it's, it's always an interesting spot, I think for an artist, because like the first one, it's like, that's all that, you know, the general public knows about the music that they make. So, you know, what direction the artist takes it in and what they want it to sound like and, you know, what they write about and how it differs. And, you know, um, in often ways, you know, it's a reflection, like you said, of like what you've been listening to recent or what you've been going through um so it's Mm -hmm. it's so cool to kind of build that lineage i think with your fans and and to kind of uh you know open you know open that door up to them um i'm really really looking forward to that
2: right on yeah yeah i think y'all will yeah i i i I love it i think it's great i think it's so much fun um i went about it can't wait to see it live yeah the main thing was just like after you know touring last year i was just like oh it's so much more fun to tour when the songs are really fun to play live. So mm-hmm. it's like, I have that option right now. Cause you've got pretty much like a clean plate. So it's like, let's make sure every song is going to be really fun to play live. And that was like sort of the main Sonic motivation for it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I nailed awesome. it. Like I can't wait to figure it all out and play it.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I have to ask about the touring because obviously like the, the genesis of a lot of the music from the first album was during COVID and you know, you could do like virtual shows, like a small show here and there, but you know, touring in earnest really didn't begin for you until 2022 with that biggest tour so far that you did. So was, was just the, the cadence of touring and just, I guess like the ability to settle your nerves to go on stage and perform, was that kind of an acquired taste or a process for you? Or was it something that like when it started, you could just jump right into it and you loved it?
2: Oh hell no, no! <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely you're like definitely anything but this. <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> the first four shows that we played, they were all sold out. There's show in Chicago, show in New York, L.A. and San Francisco, and they all sold out super quick. So I added a second date in Chicago, I added a second date in New York, upgraded the venue from the Echo to the Echo Plex in L.A. So I was just kind of staring down the bro's being like, oh, dear Lord. Yeah, what did I get I myself into? <laughs> yeah. It was so validating. It was great to know that like, well, these, these people are real. Hell yeah. Because I, I hadn't seen a person, let alone like <laughs> interacted with fans or anything. Right. Um, And so, yeah, the first, the first four, in terms of my nerves were like really, really rough. I mean, about a second before I went on, I think I was just like, in the fetal position in like the corner of the green room I had someone just like tap me. It's like, all right, dude, you're ready to go. You're up, man. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did it. They were great. They were super fun. Looking back now with how dialed we've gotten with the live show and stuff, those were probably terrible, but, um, they, they certainly like did, did the job and it wasn't till I think, you know, like five shows into the last tour. Um, I started getting in the swing of it. Like, okay, this is just starting. This is getting really fun. Yeah. Um, Going on tour with Manchester really helped um, because those guys are huge. They're so nice. They've been doing it for so long. They're absolute pros. Such a big fan of them. And it was like really nice to play for big crowds that weren't necessarily there to see to see me. Tour. So that that that, helped a lot. Which
1: one were we all there for? We were in we were in Ventura when you guys played. Yeah. oh yeah and right on and we thought we thought it was really cool too so we actually went up we went to la we drove well we actually went to boulder first saw the front bottoms and then drove mm. to la for the for the taylor hawkins tribute show oh and, wow and, and then we finished the week off seeing you open up for manchester and it was cool mm-hmm. well you know the the crowd was you know there for manchester but we were there for you and it was yeah like, it was really sick um, yeah it was and it was it was really fun it was an awesome venue that was one that was a really really cool venue in a cool town obviously
2: yeah Ventura is great I'm trying to move there I'm trying to move there it's it's so sick <laughs> up there uh it's just such a beautiful zone but yeah that was really fun and that that was a great experience um through and through that was a great tour and then through that just sort of through like immersion therapy um it's it just feels really good now Uh I could probably, you know, drink a couple of beers before we go on. But um getting there too, getting better at that. And um now we're all the way here, like Bonnero played for like oh, it looks like ten thousand people or yeah, something. It, or I was I pretty, it looked like a big crowd, yeah. It was, it was massive, yeah. Um and awesome. yeah, I didn't get nervous. I really didn't. Like before That's I was sick. like, all right, let's do it. it's like felt felt like good like good nerves. Before like sick nerves. Now it's like good nerves. Um and then when I'm yeah in front of a lot of people of course is still like get the yips sometimes just like kind of look out and tweak myself out be like oh my god and like forget what i'm doing yeah. um but <laughs> I other than words. that i think i think we're there i think we're there in terms of like it not being a total total freaking nightmare um nerves wise so i'm very thankful for that and then that just leaves more room for genuine you know yeah. stoke and excitement about what's yeah what's going absolutely. on absolutely and and it's yeah.
0: interesting too because like your performances the two times i saw you like they already have so much great energy so the fact that it's like you're growing more and more confident more more comfortable with it you know that that's going to shine through even more and more and it's also cool too you know new albums coming out so there's more areas and different ways that you can take the set list too because there's more material to exactly. play um you know and it, and it just creates like you know the, the opportunity for such a really really cool experience i think for obviously for you and, and for everybody who's going to be there yeah i'm so stoked
2: yeah and, uh, again so it's weave new tunes into there F- figure out the best places for everything and really really dial it in i'm really excited what was the other show that you saw um, so
0: I saw you twice.
2: I saw you at
0: uh, Middle East downstairs in Boston in, uh, oh, dude. in November. That, that was, was a good show. Yeah, dude, you yeah, crowd surf was... you crowd surf my buddy had his had his hand on your ass, I think.
2: Oh nice. <laughs> that close. was a real turn up zone. <laughs> yeah. That show in Boston was so funny. It's like I definitely feel like um normally it's a bit of a party crowd mm-hmm. in general. Um, but B- Boston was the first show I was like looking out. I think that Benny's like 750 or something. Yeah, like about. I was seven, looking out, yeah. and I've never been more like acutely aware of like just like how wasted a group of people Dude, were. People
0: kept bringing you I, like literally like three people that like gave you tequila
2: shots. I remember Yeah, it was like well, this is intense. Well, uh, I'll put it this but, way:
0: I I went up to the bar and like the the bartender let me order like eight Miller Lights just on my own. I was like, I need to yeah. buy them for the group. And they're like, can I, I was like, can I sure. have eight? And they're like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I was like, all right.
1: <laughs> as many as you want. <laughs> yeah.
0: So no, that, was, so that was, that was, that was pretty funny. It's, it's so funny. Like you had that moment. It's like, yeah, like everybody out there's pretty fucked up. Cause I've like never... I was standing there. I'm like, everyone's, everyone's pretty fucked up.
1: Yeah. i never thought about that about like when you're on stage you get to like read the room obviously because you can see everybody and be like all right this group's pretty sober but like, wow this group is it's been a long day at the festival that these guys are wasted yeah <laughs> and, like it, it probably has a huge impact on like where the show goes
2: for sure i mean and it's good and it's good and bad both ways. of course yeah but, but let's just say there's like a huge there's a difference line you gotta dance between with. the audience there's a huge difference between the audience and uh San Francisco and the audience in Boston for sure yeah um that yeah the venue just looked like a fucking war zone after dude it it's, it's, so so, funny. it's so dingy like
0: they have been saying they were <laughs> yeah. going to tear that place down for like the last couple of years and they still haven't torn it down um yeah. it's you, just it's just a mess they Did told me they the sold out of, was
1: they sh- like oh yeah yeah, it was, it was, not a there was tall like eight ceiling. feet
0: tall or something like <laughs> that it was like that. not a lot yeah. of room to grow like you were the you were surfing like, over the top of the crowd and you were like right up against the ceiling.
2: <laughs> yeah i broke my in-ears that night and that the uh um,
0: oh damn
2: yeah it's just like that the place is like the bottom of it it's like the yeah the, it feels like yeah. that um but yeah that was funny yeah the bar that night told me that they sold out a, sold out uh miller lights because oh. oh. i guess, sent it over I to the branding Yeah. <laughs> That's huge. Thank you, dude.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> so I have, um, I have one more musically related question for you and it, it's not even really a question. I just have to tell you a story, um, as it mm. relates to your song more to life than baseball. So, um, growing up, I, I like love baseball growing up, like played it, but there was one Christmas that my brother and I, um, we both got baseball jerseys for Christmas and my brother got a Kerrywood Jersey and I got a, uh, uh, a, a, um, a Ken Griffey Jr. jersey and like we used to go into the backyard and like fucking like he would pitch to me and I would hit him and yeah. like pretend I was junior and he would pretend I was Carrie Wood he, he would pretend he was Carrie Wood so like when I yeah. heard that song like I shit a brick and I called him I was, like, you're not, I was like I don't care what you're doing right now like you need to listen to this song right now and he's like no way this is sick so yeah that was really cool so um, not really a question but a, a thank you because that was really that was really funny it was really cool. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> Your brother was one of the Kerry Wood jersey?
0: Yeah he had the Kerrywood Wood jersey. He's still it's still somewhere it's it's like it's the blue one with like the sea on the crest is super cool
2: that's so badass yeah Kerry Wood was so fucking awesome he could yeah. hit too
0: dude he, yeah, he could do he it was, all and then he was closing at yeah. the end of his career like man, yeah, yeah jack of all trades fucking great it's
2: great
1: baseball it's so man fun. love it <clears throat> um mm. so i was so my friend my my pt uh andrew darwin um we we talk about how your style and how uh, you have an inc- impeccable style out there and all all your skits and stuff and and I have a question of obviously where do you you know we want to know where you shop and where you get all I'm assuming <laughs> what thrift, thrift stores you go to uh or how you or how you have all this awesome clothes and then I have a a follow-up question for that but yeah so how about talk about your style
2: <laughs> yeah for sure so I love wearing jeans and t-shirts i've always loved t-shirts I've always loved not spending a lot of money on clothes and I've always been like sort of like you know technology like inept like you all know um, y'all know already um but <laughs> no laptop. i learned i learned how to use the ebay app oh yeah on my phone so that's nice. like one i was just like i just You're got cooking comfortable with gas with
1: it now. It yeah all right, right learn the
2: internet I, and much like um much like everyone gets their like algorithms dialed on like tiktok or instagram i got like my algorithm dialed on on eBay like suggested purchases so they know me really really well Um, and they're just sending me stuff all the time and for men's clothing on eBay is great because I just feel like there's a bunch of dudes out there who just like don't know the value of their own shit if they're not like super into like thrifting or like all that stuff and they're just trying to get rid of it so I rarely buy anything for more than $20 Um, but yeah
1: it makes sense algorithm for eBay
2: once you find your, your brand, once you find what you like. So it's just like, I love a specific type of like Wrangler jeans from like the early 2000s. So it's like, once you find that you find, there's a whole bunch of people trying to get rid of them. So as as it seems like, <laughs> you know, you no know, jeans last a while, but if they, it, you, you, you always know that you have your, your go-to sizes and styles. Um, and then, Yeah, and it's just like t shirts, just like, well, I don't know. I don't really have like, it's not really any like rhyme or reason. I just do stuff I like and pick it up. And if it's not more than 30 bucks, it's usually, usually I can swing it. And um, (laughs) I live near Pasadena, which is like a super rich neighborhood near Los Angeles. So like the Goodwill there is like super popping. Like there's like a whole bunch of like really, really nice, high quality stuff there. Um, And then, because I, I, I think like there was a couple like vintage accounts that like got were like privy to stuff that I like really like the stuff. So, uh, there's this place called Leisure Club in um Columbus, Ohio that nice. I've got a great relationship with. They're really really nice guys. Um, and they hook it up sometimes and it's great. Uh, I'm playing Columbus on too. I can't wait to stop and say what's up. Um, That'd be cool. Meet them in person. And then there's this guy out of Philadelphia um, that has a store called John Supply who sends me shit sometimes too. He's really, really nice. It's um, awesome. But yeah, the Midwest shops are, are where it's at. I mean, there's no better, I like no better that. vintage yeah. gear stuff than and, and nobody knows what they uh, have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that uh, too. But it turns out the actual stores, like the best collections, I feel like, in terms of like sports stuff right definitely like in ohio and pennsylvania and stuff like that um those guys really know what they're doing that's,
1: that's sick. sick that's really good so the follow-up yeah. question is uh if you were to you know you say potentially get asked out you're, or you know, setting up a date and you set your mm-hmm. outfit out right and you got your favorite shirt that you got you know in ohio at, at what was it john's wear? what was it
2: uh that one's leisure club
1: leisure club sorry yeah. You know, got it got lined up and um you're really excited to wear it, but then, you know, she cancels on you and pushes it to the next day. Um mm-hmm. you know, so then you set it up again. Uh do, do you just and then maybe she pushes it back another day. Do you just keep it like do you just commit to that one outfit? Like, this is oh, what I'm gonna wear when when it happens. Yeah, hundred percent. But and but and you already, what you already <laughs> But what if yeah, say but what if you what if you already went out and you were in the outfit and then it was cancelled on so you already wore it. Do you just I mean, it's no big it's deal, the ace right? of the
0: staff, Ethan. You got to roll well, with it. Yeah.
2: yeah. And that's why I love wearing crew neck sweatshirts so much, especially blank crew neck sweatshirts so much, is it gives you an excuse to wear the same outfit every day without it looking like you're wearing literally the same outfit every day. Because, yeah. like, a, your favorite. <laughs> no, there's a different shirt sweatshirt. under here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you could say that. So if you wear, if you're, I love wearing this like black crew neck sweatshirt. So I'd probably do that. I'd probably just get, end up doing that. Well, it's like, you don't really, I really don't think hard about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I had it happen to me kind of this weekend.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, Ethan. I didn't know this question was autobiographical. (laughs) Oh
1: yeah. I met this, I met this girl coming back from uh, at the airport in Birmingham. We both were flying in. I was flying in from Oregon. She was flying in from California. Mm -hmm. She was like, Oh, we should definitely, you know, we should, I didn't know there were cool people here in Birmingham. I was like, me neither. I don't meet anybody. Any girls? And I was like, we should try to hang out. So we tried. It never happened. But there was a few times we we're really close. And I, I was I was in my I was in my outfit. I was like getting food. It was like, hey, I'm out. It's like uh, mm-hmm. no response, no response or something. I can't. Next day, it's like you know, oh, let's do let's try it again. I'm free after this. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. You know, same same t-shirt. You know, I like got the shirt that I want to wear. Yeah. <laughs> and then day day three comes around. It's like no one saw me. Like I I, I still got this. <laughs> you swing it again. It? Yeah. It didn't. Nothing. It didn't happen. I never. You know. We never. We haven't met up. So. You know. So it's like it's still in this. It's still in the the holster or whatever.
2: Is your fear that you'll finally go on a date with this girl and then you'll be on the date and then someone will come up to y'all and be like, "Hey, man, didn't you wear that
1: shirt <laughs> yesterday in front you of the girl."
2: Just, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: terrified of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that sounds like, terrible.
2: It's not going to happen.
1: It's <laughs> definitely not going to. I mean, if you see, this is what I'm thinking. Like, if you saw somebody. And you're out there, be like, "Hey man, that guy wore that same outfit yesterday." Then day <laughs> yeah. three, like he's still wearing it, and then like he's with the girl. But, like I have an opportunity. Like hey man, look, this is like the third what day. Just just Blow
2: <laughs> Yeah. If you want to be the biggest asshole in the world? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Same shirt, Shalloway.
2: There he is again. I
1: mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I clearly would, den- I I clearly would deny it. I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I never hey, come here. <laughs> you just got to. And I tell never oh, wear the shirt. <laughs>
2: Same shirt, shallower. That's gonna be the newest character in the in the TikTok multiverse.
1: <laughs> Heck yes, um, love it. Awesome. Well, I think that is a ton of great stuff. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to end this interview. But um, is there anything else that you'd like to ask Chris, or anything you you have on your mind, Petey, that you'd like to ask us or bring up, or you know anything that you, you know, kind of want to talk about before we close it down?
2: Um no I, I just think that like the um if as long as i convey to everyone how excited i am about the new record i mean it's really like i really love it and um yeah. the people that i have showed are really excited about it the people you know uh, i i really think it's a, just an awesome next step i think we did a really good job and um yeah i'm stoked i'm like really really excited to roll it out and show it everyone so oh, uh, yeah as long as like, i was able to get that across then i feel like we're good yeah, that's awesome.
1: And we're gonna have more. I think there's gonna be more stuff coming out, you know, of, of PD on our page and different things. So be on the lookout, uh-huh. of course. Yeah, I appreciate oh, yeah. you guys. I always appreciate the support. Yeah, oh, absolutely. dude, it's our pleasure. I, I think. I mean, yeah, me and Chris are very, very excited to be talking with you right now so
0: yeah man all right i got i got my tickets to the uh the boston show already so we're gonna roll in there and i'm i'm trying to evangelize like my friends i'm like oh like yo like you got you got to come to this show so i I brought like three of them last year and they're coming back i'm i'm bringing a couple more so it's gonna be sick
2: that's how you do it that's
0: how you that's how you level up one by one like like <laughs> the old jesus did way. right yeah. yeah
2: how's uh how's paradise good good spot
0: <laughs> yeah dude it's it's not bad so it's it's pretty historic uh like you two used to play there like way back in like the late 70s early 80s um nice. it's um I, it's I, it's a little bigger than middle east downstairs it doesn't feel like the hull of a ship um mm-hmm. it just it just feels like a rock club but like the state it's kind of like a rectangle. Um, and like the stage is like in the middle of the rectangle. So like everyone is like around you. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a cool spot. I've been to a couple shows there. Um, so I saw soccer mommy and camp cope there, I think last year. So I'll be back nice, again yeah. for, for your show. So be, be pretty. I can't cool. wait to come back. Yeah. I love Boston. It's great. Yeah, man. It's a good place. Right on. That's awesome. Well, uh, in case you guys didn't know, uh Petey is excited for the new album. He's excited for all of you to hear it. So September 22nd uh USA will be out. And uh in the meantime, we do have the new single, I'll wait, which is out everywhere. Um, it bangs, so you need to listen to it. Uh, I think uh, you know, that's gonna be our words of wisdom for the day, right, Ethan?
1: Absolutely, man. Follow follow this man, he's hilarious and he has really great music. And uh you know you can keep them separate or you can you have the whole package together it's awesome Fuse jack of all trade yeah it's awesome yeah. so check them out and i think that's all it. all right guys i appreciate y'all
2: yeah thank you so
0: much thanks for coming for on. Me on this was a lot of fun really appreciate you man yeah, for dude, me thanks too. for
1: talking about everything and anything you know
0: right on absolutely what a sterling interview that was that was that was pristine I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, Thanks once again to the one and only PDUSA. Uh, for giving us his time and attention and his thoughts here on the Grunge Bible podcast. This is one uh, that in case you didn't realize from the top of the episode, or if you've listened back to previous episodes, this is one that we've been looking forward to doing for a really long time. Uh, so we're really grateful uh, to Petey and his camp that uh, it's finally here. Uh, and we hope, you know, we hope that he enjoyed it. And we hope that you enjoyed that conversation. And uh, we're really looking forward to the uh, the album coming out once again. September 22nd is called USA um, but in the meantime, we do have a great single, the first single that was released on July 7th. It's called I'll Wait, and uh, you know that's going to be able to keep us warm and keep us company until the next single comes out sometime in the future, and ultimately until the album comes out. So additionally, Petey is going on tour this fall. Um, I already have my tickets uh, to the show in Boston in November. He's playing at the Paradise uh, up in boston so i suggest if you're near any of the cities that he's playing uh we'll link the appropriate stuff in the notes uh to this show um check out his music and and see him live like like a lot of these musicians that we talk about ethan i think pd like you gotta see him live it's such a fun show i'll see him live a lot of energy and um you gotta get in at a good time because pd is an incredible person uh an incredible writer an incredible artist and there's going to be a lot more coming from him i think and, and he's going to find a wider and wider audience with each release so get in now so you can say that you were here join us
1: yeah he he's pd is going to the moon yeah. and uh it's it's time to get in get in get involved start supporting and um and be along for the ride i mean it's great
2: Absolutely. and yeah what
1: an interview you know i think one of the main takeaways i mean he's just He's a regular dude like us, Chris, you know, he likes yeah. music. He likes playing music. He likes writing. And, you know, cause we love writing music. <laughs> yeah. I'm a hell of but a like, writer of music. Ethan. <laughs> I love a writer myself. What, what would but... you do, Ethan? If, no, if I, mean, I had the...
0: like, what would you do if I had released like several albums under a pseudonym? And, <laughs> I never, and, and like 10 years into our friendship, I, I still haven't told
1: you. <laughs> well what if you what if i released a bunch of music and you didn't have the balls to tell me that it sucked <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: be weird. i think i think we need to write some music like because.
1: chris check this check this out like hey man that's really <laughs> good like, you're, you're right on <laughs> you're terrible. right on track we're not getting any traction can we can we can we post it like yeah. uh, oh, i don't no, know man. sorry man the post got <laughs> taken
0: down it was the weirdest thing <laughs> oh my gosh
1: yeah and that's not us uh, right now, you never know, though. I, we do, Chris. We may have a gig coming up this week. We weekend, might, yeah, we as... might
0: have a gig coming up. Merchant Copy rides again. Uh, that might so be So at the happening. end
1: of actually, I guess this will happen two days after. But uh, yeah, there's potential. Chris is Chris is going to come to the homestead, the Shalloway Homestead, uh, and hang out for a weekend. And, and if he mm-hmm. does, we usually play some music. So uh, uh, that is shirt, that's Shalloway. Very, be rolling in. Yeah, a very good possibility that we're playing some music and be together. Maybe we'll do something for uh, special for the page. I don't know. Yeah, man, fuck, fuck playing songs. We like record jam. wood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be.
0: Cool. Oh yeah, that's, I'll, that's I'll, exactly a, what
1: we're I, a, we're,
0: we're. I got a couple days to Sorry. learn wood. That's okay. It's it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a natural point. Yeah, I got a couple days to to learn wood on the guitar. I guess.
1: Yeah. How exactly. hard could it
0: be? How hard I don't could it know. be?
1: We'll find see. out though, but yeah, man. again, if you are still listening right now, thank you so much for giving us the time. I know it was a long one. hope it was really good, really entertaining. Please share and uh, like it, you know, do your due due diligence to be a, um, you know, a loyal follower and uh, put in a little work to help us get to where we want to go and then uh, come back next week, of course, because we have more, more good episodes.
0: Yeah, you know, the show keeps on rolling. So thank you once again for your time uh, and for your constant attention and support of this show it's really cool and allows us to do cool shit like we did today
1: and with that our song of the week is obviously going to be from pd and it will be i'll wait we have we are the good graces to be able to play that on the show so uh here's your chance to listen to it front and center so enjoy and go check out some more of his music
0: here's i'll wait ethan great episode uh we'll talk to everybody next week
1: Rock and roll guys rock and fucking roll
2: I wait I wait for the moment to pass it doesn't really matter how i feel between